Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is up, Movie Trivia Schmodown fans? Welcome to the official after show of the Movie Trivia Schmodown. Welcome to the only show that matters. My name is Greg Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as... Oh my God, you're my dream boat, for sure. You're a slacker, Brad. My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as The Boat. We are here on the eve of Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve, Eve. And, and, guys, we have a special show for you today. As always, I'm joined by the sexiest of numbers, Frank Janice. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm feeling really good about those. I'm feeling those numbers. And uh, get well to Roxy, who uh, came down the old case of the uh, the the, the Rona. Yeah. The Covey. The Covey. And, Covey. Uh, <laughs> no, but all seriousness, uh, get well. I mean, a lot of people on Twitter I saw in the in the Schmodown community were coming down with the Rona, and that sucks. I mean, all, all those people get better soon. Just too – like, unfortunately, there's just too many to name. Yeah. Are you are – you, uh, you're good, though. You're good. I'm and good. Did you have a scare like a while back? Or like you I might had, have – no, you I did had get it, COVID. right? Yeah, I had okay. COVID like July 2020. Yeah. Yeah, so I had, I was like an OG vitter. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you had the, 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 I got the OG original strain. strain. You know what I mean? <laughs> you were All day you- one. You were day one. You're day one. <laughs> the rest of y'all are just chasing the dragon. Oh, All right? Man. I had the original stuff uh, in my veins. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it sucked then. I can only imagine that it sucks now. So yeah. uh, big ups and prayers to everybody who's suffering from anything around, uh, anything involving the vid uh, during this joyous holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas, Frank. Merry by Christmas the way. Eve, Eve. Merry Christmas Eve, Eve. Yeah. Um, That's a are Friends you, reference. Just so you know. You know, you say that to Roxy. She'll get it. Okay, She's I will. She's a Friends fan. She's a Friends fan. I will. She is a yeah. Friends fan. Yeah. I think we all are Friends fans. Just some of us more than others. That's some true. Some of us are That's true. more than others. Um, anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about the Schmidt Rundown. So Welcome. we are here to talk about the manager of the year beforehand. We were talking about all the great things surrounding the movie called Spider-Man No Way That's Home. That's right. This uh, is a spoiler-heavy discussion. <laughs> Welcome to the 1,000th Spider-Man spoiler review on the internet. <laughs> Your only yeah, review you'll ever need. They are all over yeah. the place. They are. There's, They're crazy. There's spoiler reviews, non-spoiler reviews. I mean, it is – they're all over the place. Everybody's the seen place. this movie. Actually, Everybody. you know what? You know what? Uh, our very own Christian Harloff, his his non-spoiler review was trending on on YouTube uh, like a week ago. Oh wow! Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Congrats to the Christian. Uh, congrats to him, man. That's pretty awesome. So, guys, we're gonna talk about who the manager of the year is today. Uh, we already have super chats coming in, when we'll when we'll talk about them at here in a moment. But, um, Frank, I. This is the Eve Eve of Christmas. Yeah. The float is spinning it with her family uh, nice. right now. Uh, mom and sis, right? And I am home alone. Wow. You made your family uh, disappear? I did. <laughs> Families suck. <laughs> he said that in the movie. <laughs> he did. He did. Families suck. I'm um, living alone. I'm living alone. 
Yeah, uh, that's you right now. Yes, I am. Uh, except there's a cat here. You're gonna watch uh, Angels with Filthier Souls. Is that what you're gonna watch later on? <laughs> Two scoops or three? <laughs> three. I'm not three. driving. <laughs> I'm not driving. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those first two are great. Have you seen Home Sweet Home Alone? No. Will I? No. I, I will say this. It's not great. <laughs> exactly. It's not great. Um, but the end scene where all the, you know, things that you expect from a Home Alone movie happen. Sure. Still funny. Okay. They work. You remember all, uh all the physical comedy works. Home Alone three? Yes, 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 yes. With, with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And uh remember when he uses like that RC uh car? Of course. Did you not want to have an RC car after that movie? Bro, I not only wanted an RC car, I wanted a parrot. <laughs> a parrot. The yeah. Parrot but I really awesome. wanted an RC um, controlled car. Actually, I got one of those, um, the ones that, like, if you stopped there real quick, it would flip over and then you would oh, go. Yeah. That thing was so much fun. That was, like, one of my favorite toys as a kid. It was great. Dude, at the time, I had, like, a little RC truck. And at the time, that show BattleBots was really big. Do oh, you remember yeah. BattleBots? Yeah, yeah, I love BattleBots. So me and my neighbor, he had a little RC car. We went around our houses and tried to figure out things to put on the RC cars to make them like BattleBots. Nice. So I literally had this truck with like forks taped on the outside of it with duct tape pointing <laughs> outward and like all kinds of gadgets. And we would ram yeah. them into each other to see who survived. Um, so yeah, Home Alone. Okay, but the point of this story was. But real, real quick though. Oh. Small Soldiers, remember that movie? Small. I mean, come on. I'm going to watch that tonight. What was his name? Archer? Archer? Yes. Archer? Archer, Gorgonite Scum, you know? Gorgonite. Remember with Tommy Lee Jones' character? Forget the guy's name, the character's name, but he's like, you got a lot of guts. Now let's see. See (laughs) I was just like, holy, what kind of movie is this? At the end when he like, I think he was like, they put his character in the disposal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes out at the yeah. end, and he's got like an eye hanging oh, out. Oh, that's right. And he's like walking. I'm like, whoa, this movie is kind of scary, and I might be watching it tonight. But actually, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I have a Blu-ray player oh. uh, that I just purchased. Welcome to off- the 21st century, Brad. Thank, thank you. I just purchased it off Facebook Marketplace because you know I'm in the new I'm in the new digs, and I didn't have right. one. So I thought I might as well watch a great movie tonight. It's not Christmas themed, just something from my Blu-ray collection. Oh, Major Chip Hazard was the guy's name. Major Chip Hazard, yes. Yes, thank so you, good. Tim Sim. So I want the audience to tell me which one I should watch. Okay, so in the chat, I want you to vote on what I should watch. Should I watch something from this collection? So it's, it's an either-or. Okay. Okay, because this is a collection of movies I'm about to show you. But it's either-or thing. So should I watch something from... The James Bond collection. James Bond. That's all of them? Oh, wait. Hold on. There you go. Yeah, this is all the James Bond. Except for No Time to Die. die. Okay. Right? Nice. All of them. Or should I watch that? Or or should I watch this? Damn. That's Hustlers. Okay. With the great J-Lo. Ooh. You know, what do you do? But like, okay, okay. But what Bond movie then would you watch? Okay, so what's a good thing to line up with hustlers? hustlers? I don't. You tell me. You're the Bond aficionado. You I wrote know, the so book. You and Mike wrote a book. Well, Goldfinger does have a character named Pussy Galore. There you go. There you go. So Goldfinger. So Goldfinger or Hustlers? Or Hustlers. Or Octopussy. Or Octopus. <laughs> right. All right. I see. In the chat, it looks like they're saying Bond. That's is. First of all, I really don't know what's wrong with these people. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm not too surprised. Well, okay, look. What's the better film to watch? Like, what's the better narrative? Yeah. Probably one of the Bond ones. Probably. What's the more enter- entertaining? Well, I don't know about that because they're both oh, – they're all really entertaining. Which is one – For different reasons. Which is one that you would probably want to watch – in slow motion. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I know, but know. Adam Witt in the chat brings up a good point. Goldfinger has an all-women's assassin squad, which is true. Which is true. I know, um, that's a pretty good point. And the, the actress's name who played Pussy Galore, her name is Honor Blackman, which is just like one of the dopest names I've ever heard in my life. That's, that's her real good. name. Her name good. is Honor. Honor Blackman. All rise. 
All rise, man. Okay. So anyway, there's, well, there's a <laughs> never mind. Christmas Eve. It's gonna be hustlers. You can you can you know what? You watch both. Treat yourself. You know what I will. I'll treat myself. <laughs> there you go. Um well hey man, all jokes aside, we here are here to talk about the um the uh Oh oh, oh look at this guy. <laughs> Is it really that cold out there? You gotta wear a hat like that? You know, it's um a nice cool seventy six degrees outside. <laughs> But it's, it's you know you're fashionable. That's that's what matters. You know that's what I really try to be more than anything is just super fashionable. Yeah, I don't times. try that. At, I don't I don't try for that at all. No no no. And I'm I wearing <laughs> I am wearing a beanie because we are talking about who's going to be the manager of the year. Yes. And um, where do we start here? Because so I thought ahead. let's let's just pop up the faction stand is how we how we how the year ended right. So. As we all know, Corruption walked away with their second consecutive Crazy. faction title. They had 105 points. They swept at they swept both their matches at Spectacular uh, to to seal the deal there. The Finstock Exchange going into Spectacular had a lead. It was ahead that 93 points, and they were up by like 10 points going into Spectacular. So Corruption and Shannon Barney, um, faction champions once again. Tom Dagnino and company with the Finsack Exchange came in second. Koji Andrew and the Quirky Mercs came in third, just a point behind the exchange uh, with 92 points. Then the Dungeon and Kaiser, they finished fourth. Usual suspects with Sam Levine finished fifth. The Den, sixth. The Stars, seventh. Swag, eighth. Remember, Swag, I think, was in a top three. I think they finished second last year or third last year. Uh, they were in the eighth spot now. Uh, rough year for Swag and Stars. The Den had a couple of bright spots, namely Thomas Harper. When you look at the usual suspect with Sam Levine, uh, only manager this year, Brad, to to manage uh, in a title match in e each division, each of the four divisions. Only manager to do that in one year. Uh, Dungeon and had a couple champions with Mara and Dan Merle. Corky Mergs, obviously Shazam, um, went undefeated this year with uh, you know um, Bibiani and Brendan Meyer. The exchange, that rookie class that uh, dominated the exchange there with a few veterans in Roca, uh, JTE, and Barbarian. But a lot of the rookie play, uh, Griffin Newman um, most notably won two tournaments for them, got to Spectacular. Corruption with Mike Kalinowski uh, having uh, one of the best intergeekdom seasons ever. Marisol McKee having one of the, one of the best singles um, runs ever. Um, a lot going on there. Brad, um, I think most people are looking yes. at Shannon Barney and Tom Dagnino for who could win Manager of the Year. I do think, though, Brad, that the conversation also is, is a different one when it comes to Faction of the Year as well. The, sometimes they tie together. I think in past years, you know, if you were Manager of the Year, then you probably won Faction of the, Manager and Faction of the Year. Yeah, we've talked about this, I think, uh, in years past, and I've always made the determination that whoever wins coach of the year in the NBA typically isn't from the championship team. Right. Uh, which is, which is some way oxymoronic in a way like, well, if they're the best coach, why didn't they win everything? Right. Well, you sure. know, they might've been able to coach their team the best. They didn't have, you know, chips didn't fall where they may, or you go over 27 on straight from three. I mean, those things happen to the best of us, but um, I, I think that they are two di differently dis and distinct awards. I think that the people who think, uh, I think that the people who think Shannon and Tom are in the running, you can make great arguments for both of them, right? I, yeah, and I think um, a dark horse but, that but, should but, be. But yeah, you're overlooking well, – I was just going to say you're overlooking um, some really, really strong managerial skills, um, especially from people like – and you know what? We have to talk about Kaiser in the dungeon, but we also have to throw in Adam Witt. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, as a yeah. as a co-manager. Right. Because think about I was and correct me if this wasn't this year, but I'm pretty sure that it was. Yeah, that was digital. It had to be this year. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Witt in the match with Bateman where he yes. called the challenge. Do you know what I'm, I'm talking about? That's like challenge of the year. It might be challenge of all time. Because be wasn't yeah. it like a comma thing? Like you didn't take a. Because it was yeah. the way Mark Ellis read the question. Right. And it right, sounded whole, like he was talking yeah. about two different movies, right? Or whatever. Um, having the wherewithal 
in that regard for someone like Adam Witt, incredible. So there's so many things you have to look at when it comes to who was the best manager of all time, uh, of the year, I mean. Let me ask you this, though. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask you, what are your, like, if you had to come up with two or three attributes of a manager of the year, like, what are you coming up with? Like, what are the three things that you feel are most important to be the manager of the year? I think it's about putting your players. It's about drive. It's about power. It's a hungry. <laughs> we devour. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I think it's, I think when you're looking at putting your position, your players in a position to succeed, um, surrounding, building out a faction that that can be a benefit to. So that each member is a benefit to one another. Uh, the the collection of people, you know, you have to have that chemistry. You got to find the right mix of players. I think there's that. There's also obviously in game management. Um, I think most notably players like Shannon and Roxy, um, who give these rah rah speeches, can pull players out of the depths of mm-hmm. their own. You know, if they're on tilt, you know, they can kind of bring them back to center. And uh, I think they're most known for that in game management. Uh, Sam Levine's another player like that who. Um, Maybe not as rah-rah speeches, but I think as a player for Sam Levine, you know he's got the knowledge that if something were to slip up or a question was something fishy with the question or was a little loopy, whatever, you know Sam Levine would have your back. And that's a lot. I think that can give a lot of comfort to a player knowing that, you know, maybe I don't know something about, you know, about a movie, but he catches it and it affects the question. And I think that um, can be. An incredible valuable asset for any player. Um, so I think also someone like Kaiser, who gives incredible support uh, throughout, not just the match, but behind the scenes, you know, I think creating a, sh- a support structure. There's a lot of elements um, that I think a lot of managers have, which has made them successful last season and this season. I mean, I, when you look at Winston last year, you go, he's going to be one of the managers of the year. Right for everything he's doing for his players, how to how to bring more out of them. I don't think he was lacking that this year. It was just sometimes them's the breaks, you know, and you lose tough matches, and they finished eighth. That that sucks. Um, but I think when you look at Shannon and what she was able to construct, and really, I think is from day one of this this past season to keep her core together, to keep that chemistry going, when you're still bringing back Claudia Dolph and Clee Wiggins, and then you're bringing in someone like Jacob Blendon uh, or James White uh, to to go along with your core of Kalinowski, Chance, Marisol, and Adam. I mean, that's that's you're building some, something there uh, that I think cannot be ignored. But then you look at what Dagnito and company did. They, they got blown up. At the end of last year, they went scorched earth on their entire roster. They brought in all rookies, and there's been um, a tireless debate of, well, is it Barbarian or is it, is it Dagnino? And look, the Finstock Exchange, it's his name is on on, on, the, on, the, on the faction. He's the guy who has the final say. He was the guy that put King Arthur in the tournament. Uh, he made all these decisions in terms of who goes in the tournament, more or less, right, depending on availability. So... There's other things that Dagnino did that you know people want to maybe attribute to Barbarian, but look, if you're a leader, uh, I think it would behoove managers to listen to all their players and to make the best decision, uh, you know, with that information. If you have Kaiser, for instance, he had to make he made the decision that Adam Witt could be uh, a replacement temporary manager for him, right? I think that was a great that's a great call. It doesn't. It doesn't mean. I don't think it diminishes anything on Kaiser's end um, by saying how great of a job Adam Witt did. I think it highlights both of them in that sense. You know, so uh, decision making, able to create a, um, an environment that fosters success, and in game management. I think are probably the three tenets that I, I look. I look for uh, in a manager. Okay. Wow, that was actually really, really good. What you just did there. It's like <laughs> I get why you're on the show. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, like that was really good. Um, so when we look at those qualifications, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you again. Who checks those boxes the most for you? Because yeah. several managers I can see fitting into that criteria. At that point, it just really becomes who does it more than others. Because um, pull up those standings again. Can we pull up the faction standings again? Yeah, let's see. Right. Boop, 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 boop. 
Oh, hold on. I have something highlighted there from Adam Witt. Okay. Yeah. Adam Witt said, number one, be a fan favorite. That's how you become manager <laughs> of the year. That's right. Um, swag. Here's the thing with swag and stars. They're at the bottom, right? But you mentioned Roxy giving rah-rah speeches. I don't think there's, there's very few people who are able to keep their players in the game. Yeah. Like Roxy can, or when they're when they're behind, giving them that. Like I mean, look at Janine's season this year with Roxy. I mean, oh, it's her best season, right? It's her best season as a player, and it, a lot of that has to do with her maturity through the game, and a lot of it has to do with Roxy's managerial abilities. Winston didn't he finish third last year? Something like that, yeah. Doesn't mean he's not a great coach this year. I mean, he just didn't have the right players, and they didn't win the right games, but. I think Winston's another one who can really get you back. Oh, Swag in. finished second, my bad. Swag finished second, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rock Stars really were get you third. The Stars were third last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot so, about that. Yeah, yeah. They had 24 points this year? Yeah, they had 51 last year. That's so atrocious. <laughs> well, Swag had 60 last year. Different point structure, but still. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, anyways. Different thing, which, but, which makes it even worse. <laughs> I mean. 24 and 25 is awful. Yeah, so they had, what, 11 wins, Stars, Swag had 10 wins. Last year, Swag had 18 wins, Stars had 15 wins. It was a different volume of matches last year and this year, but yes. Um. So then we go up to Din and Sam. I think Sa Sam was involved, like you said, in several championship matches this year in each division. Is that what you said? In each division? Yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, including the Star Wars at the Spectacular. Right. So with Nikki DiMolanta. Yeah, let's run through it. So, Nikki DiMolanta, Star Wars at Spectacular. You had Lightning mm -hmm. Time in the team's division against Shazam. It Amaru and Intergeekdom against Mike Kalinowski. And he had Ethan Irwin actually win back, you know, the singles title um, in singles. So, uh, four title matches in each of the divisions – that's really impressive. I mean, considering where he was last year, he finished seventh out of nine factions last year. Um, only had eight wins last year. You know, he has 23 this year. Uh, the job that Sam Levine and company over there did cannot be ignored uh, at what they did. And, you know, they were they were flirting with the top three for a little bit there. But uh, had they won those title matches, you know, which is easy to say, you know, they, they would have been – right up there contending for the faction race. Because for a little while, it looked like a four, even a five-faction race until until the singles until the singles tournament came around and kind of dwindled, um, you know, the the remaining factions down to two, or it was like three between the Mercs, Exchange, and Corruption. Um, once Dan lost, you know, it kind of eliminated their, their chances. And then by the time we got the Spectacular, it was really just, the exchange and corruption, even though the Mercs had like the most minuscule shot at winning it, you know, a lot of things had to go right for them. But it was really between corruption and the exchange once we got to spectacular. Oh man. Okay. So I'm just looking at, I was just trying to think about who my manager of the year is because honestly, it's easy to Stop. say Shannon because they won. Right. But Tom Dagnino, I think, is in the conversation because of exceeding expectations. You and I were there draft night. Everyone sure. remembers it. That's the only bad thing about doing this show is that people have a record of the times that you've been wrong. <laughs> like back in the day, you could just talk about sports and nobody was really paying attention. Yeah. And now people take, I sometimes get called out in the comments for changing my mind about things that I didn't even remember. That was my original idea. Yeah. Like I didn't remember best. that I said that. That's and then the he says, hey, you said this last week. And I'm like, I did? I said that? I, that doesn't sound like something I would say. And then I listened to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did say that. Um, but Tom, no one no one saw him doing this well. And Uh-oh. Is, is Brad frozen? Or did I spaz I... out? Okay, you did for a little bit. Okay, you're back. I think I... Sort of. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, while we get Brad back, I'm going to bring up this comment from Barbarian. He says, about to watch a movie but wanted to jump in to voice my support for Gucci. No manager had more wins. No manager brought as much entertainment. And no manager had the innovation to do what he did. Um, yeah, I think 
that's very much on point there. Um, can't deny it. The the gaggle of characters in the Finsock Exchange um, was really really incredible. Um, when you start off with like Brother Lomas, uh, Rick the Radis, you know Rager. Um, when you have Ty Lieberman coming in there, you have um, who else? Who else? Other characters we got. I mean, obviously Griffin Newman, King Arthur. Uh, yep, we just we lost Brad for a little bit. That's all right. Um, we'll get him back. <clears throat> so the Finstock Exchange did do something really, really impressive. And you know, Brad up top said, and I, I want to throw this back to him when 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 he rejoins us. But he said the exchange exceeded expectations, um, given the fact that they drafted all rookies aside from Taylor Robinson. Um, but the, but corruption. What were their expectations to repeat? How do you how do you exceed those expectations? You can't do anything more than than win it again, and they did. I guess you could have a stronger run throughout the year. You could play better throughout the year. But at the end of the day, they are repeat champions, and and a lot of that was built from the prior year that Shannon was able to to transfer over to this season, and that also started with initiating that trade. Uh, with Kate Mulligan in the den to bring Marisol back over. Um, that's huge. That's a huge thing um, that happened for corruption. To And then what happened with Marisol? She went undefeated, uh, became the first woman singles champion in the history of the game, and defended it twice already now, and defended it at the biggest stage at Spectacular, where Shannon also had to manage Mike, who was on an undefeated intergeekdom streak, uh, who's having... Uh, the best intergeekdom season of his entire career. Um, there's a lot that that Shannon did as well in terms of expectations, uh, and really, you know. So it's an interesting conversation too, because if Shannon is setting some sort of bar of this is what showdown excellent excellence looks like in a faction sense. Um, she, I think she, what she did was continue to stay at that level and even and even raise it more because at the end of last season, um, you know they had enough. They had Adam Collins, you know, who really elevated that 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 faction to a championship, um, including his incredible like uh, what was it the the horror free for all right. So there's a lot of stuff in there um, to keep up that level of success. To start somewhat slow again this year, like they did last year, and then to end the year with with a singles champion and an inner geekdom champion um, is incredible. You know, not to mention they also did play for the team's title. Um, so that's so that's three divisions in which they competed for titles. That's still very impressive. Uh, the exchange, you know, they they competed for, in two different divisions for titles. That was behind on the back of Griffin Newman in singles and teams, along with with King Khan there, you know, helping him out in teams. So, uh, the exchange had a particular route that they had basically laid out in front of them, where if they, you know, and things can be drastically different if if Gold Leader wins that first tournament or even wins the second tournament, then it's it's really quite an impressive feat of what they would what they were going to be able to do because a lot of their success was hinged on rookies making extended runs um, and trying to uh, rack up those wins so they can get title shots because Roka and JTE and Barbarian, um, you know, they had some different paths ahead of them, especially with Rushmore uh, and JTE, obviously, you know, taking down Adam Collins. Uh, they had these some of these routes to title shots that they just couldn't quite get to. And if they did, if they had done that, they're probably walking away faction champions, and this is just uh, a foregone conclusion of who's manager of the year because they really would have started to run uh, the table in every division at that point. But that didn't happen. Um, um, so um, it, it's interesting when you look at what Shannon was able to maintain, what the exchange and Gucci and, and or Dagnino, whatever, um, had laid out in front of them. And he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Brad is back. You know, here's here's what happened. Here's what happened. Yeah, yeah I yeah. knocked my uh, uh, what is it called? Ethernet port. Wow. When I when I was doing your this, first I, day? I knocked it out somehow. <laughs> okay. And then I was trying to get on the Wi-Fi, but I didn't realize that you still have to have 
if it's still plugged in to your computer. Oh, it still wants to feed it. Uh, it still wants to feed there. to that and not to Wi-Fi. So I couldn't figure out why the Wi-Fi wasn't working, but I'm on the Wi-Fi for now. Okay. You I look good. I am steady. Am I steady? Doing great. You're doing okay. great. Okay. Sorry. All right, sorry, yeah, I was I was waxing poetic <laughs> for a little bit. Oh, good. Really I've never heard that term before, but I like it. Um, I love it when you wax. Wax on, wax off. What I was going to say, uh, or I was saying, and I wanted to get your uh, mm -hmm. take on this, because you said the exchange exceeded expectations. Yes. Right? What did Shannon and Corruption do? Could they have exceeded expectations, given the fact that they were faction champions last year? What more could they have done? To exceed expectations, other than I mean, because if the expectation is to repeat, um, you know, what, how did they exceed expectations? But let's see. Uh, well, right now, Koi says, "All right, tapping out thirty minutes. Not a single bit of respect on mine or the Mercs' names. I'll remember this rundown. I'll remember this. We were gonna get to it. We were gonna get to because I I do want to talk about Koi, Sam, and Kaiser and what their years were like. Um, because all did incredible. And I did say something a little bit up at top, just to kind of like preface it, but whatever. That's okay. Also, um, get well, Coy. <laughs> get you, can't well. Exceed, you can't exceed expectations if you win the championship. You're expected to either win it again right. or your season's a flop. That, okay, I mean, that's so, what it is. Okay, when, so let me ask you this also. When you say the exchange exceeded expectations, where was the bar for them? It was low. <laughs> yeah, but like what exactly does exceeding expectations mean to you, it, though? It, it, what it means to me is when we look at your roster, we look at what it is compared to what it was the year before, and then you automatically say, okay, I project them probably coming in bottom three, yeah, you know, bottom four, maybe. So anything above that, if, you, if you're just one notch above the bottom four, and you're in the bottom five, but you're in the bottom four, I, that's exceeding expectations. Now, when you come one win away from winning the whole title, when everybody wrote you off, that is the exceeding of expectations that I'm talking about in regard to Tom Dagnino. Not only did he barely, not only did he meet expectations, he then exceeded them and then almost shut everybody up. One thing that he absolutely did do, even if he's not manager of the year, he proved something. There is some sort of secret sauce when it comes to That's Tom Dragnino. That's true. There's something about him, about his aura, and I don't know if it's not his kind of nonchalant Zen master-like, I don't know, disposition, right? Yeah. Is it, Yeah. It's interesting because the the way I look at, at Dagnino and the exchange, I, I feel like... I look at Dagnino more of as a as a general manager, as a general manager, because his in-game managing isn't always quite on point. Um, he's <laughs> not; he's nowhere near as knowledgeable as someone like Sam Levine or Adam Witt or Kaiser or Winston. I, I don't like. He can have. It takes a very he's type a of specific guy. match. He is. He is. And you juxtapose that to someone like Shannon. I think, you know, she's in those study sessions. She, I think she's learned a lot. Obviously, you know, she was, she trains with Mike and all the inner geekdom stuff and teams and, and Star Wars. I mean, she really does a lot for her faction. And I think, you know, as much as it's not, I think it's not as simple as someone setting up, you know, a study session for a group of, a group of your players and then, you know, flipping on the camera and then you're on your phone while they're, you know, you know, did you, you know, they're going through their questions. Right. Um, you know, I, I still think you know she's very much invested, and so, and I think that translates into the game. And she also just, I think, really knows her players very well. It helps when you're able to bring back your core, um, of course, um, and that's part of one of her strengths of being able to get Marisol back onto corruption. Because without that trade, I don't think there is. I say it's very. It would be very hard to see them as repeating as faction champions because Marisol effectively did this year what Alan Collins did last year for for corruption and right. vaulting them to the faction title. And if you don't make those moves, if you don't make those offseason signings like they did with Adam Collins, if you don't make that trade 
the way she did for Marisol McKee. They are not winning the faction title because Marisol's going to go run the gamut, possibly for somebody else. Maybe, maybe not, because I do think you have to tie some of that success that Marisol had to Shannon and the managing and the and the and the, and the environment in which you know Shannon has built over there in corruption to help with Marisol's success. Um, because I don't know that Marisol, as great as Marisol is, I think, you know, in this hyper-competitive era that we were just in, um, it's crazy that Corruption has won back-to-back faction titles in the most competitive era in Schmodown history. These past two seasons, far competitive than yeah. any previous season, and I don't think it will look Ever like that next be. year. No. And probably will not be. You're right. I don't think it will probably look like this. But Shannon went back-to-back, and that's incredible to me. Back to back like the cover of Lethal Weapon. Back to back like I'm Jordan's ninety six ninety seven. Mm, well, back to back. Going yeah. back to back. Oh man. What a great oh, song. Man. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh <laughs> man. There it is. Not again. Um <laughs> That's what the league was saying, yeah. <laughs> did you um did you see the Drake and Kanye concert? Uh a little snippet. A little snippet. Did I, you see Drake Kanye or did you see Kanye? Kanye boy, what are we gonna do with you? <laughs> Did you see the show? No, I didn't see the show, but I saw oh. the one clip of him um, professing his love to Kim. I was like, oh. boy, Whew. but hey, you should watch his performance. All killer, no filler. Like, yeah, I heard he was really, no really skips. into it. Yeah, I should, that's on Amazon, right? I think it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Literally, yeah, yeah. no skips, no skips at all. Damn. Um, all right. He did all the hits, all of them. All falls down. Oh, gold, that's right. Uh, he did a lot of gold gold stuff that he normally doesn't do anymore. Right. That's right. I heard that. Good that's life. Right. Yeah, I got to go watch good that. Good life. Oh, he did stronger. Maybe I'll do that and then watch Small Soldier. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good night, actually. Damn, that sounds like a real good night. And you got to watch Hustlers and Goldfinger. Still yeah. a good night. It's going to take me a long time happen. with that playing at half <laughs> speed. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll make do. Okay, wait, hold on. Let's stop playing around, though. We've talked yeah, about yeah. contenders. Tell me what you wanted to say about Sam, Kaiser, and Coy. Yeah, so let's start with Coy. Um, because... Why don't we start with Coy? He's probably not here anymore. No. Uh, but Coy, people, listen to People this. let him know. Send him the timestamp. Yeah. Um, no, I think Coy, from last year, I think he had kind of like this, some sort of this label of like, oh, he's just a happy-go-lucky guy. We're here to have fun, and you know where it happens, happens. And he's not super competitive. And you know, if they if they lose, that's eh, all right. If they win, it's all right. You know, so he was like somewhere in the middle, not super invested or or whatnot. I felt like there was a little bit of that surrounding him. This year, I think he kept that, but also was like, no, we're gonna win. And he's you know he he goes to bat for all his players. Um, I think notably. Obviously, you got to look at what he did with Andrew DiMolanta and those title matches he had against Alex Damon, which are just going to go down in history as one of the most legendary matches in Star Wars Division history. Uh, and Coy Ever. was on the winning end of those matches, right? Uh, and okay. helped Andrew DiMolanta accomplish a goal um, that he's wanted for a long time. And I think Andrew DiMolanta has even said, you know, that the Coy's. Uh, personality and the way he approached the game really helped with how Andrew DiMolanta approached the game, and yeah. and it seemingly made the difference for Andrew DiMolanta to accomplish something that he's he's really wanted. Um, and then Shazam, right? Brendan Meyer, William Bibiani, greatest team of all time. Greatest team of all. I mean, he's managing the greatest team of all time. He helped yeah. them get to this level. Shazam yes. was already really good, right? But they did lose that spectacular, right? Um, that first year that Shazam was together. And then the following season with the factions, Koi had them go on a run. And yeah, they, they lost to Odd Couple. But they got the belt. But then they lost to Odd Couple at Spectacular. What are you going to do? But then they come back this year and they run the table to solidify their place, uh, I think, in a lot of people's eyes now as the greatest team of all time. You can't deny it. And... That's a testament to Coy working with Bibbs and Brendan, um, as well as the the faction as a whole, I think. So uh, not enough can be said about Coy and what he did for his core players there to get them to the mountaintop, as well as with the other players 
uh, that he had on his faction in terms of not putting too much pressure on them and it's just let's go out there and have fun and whatever happens happens sure but at the same time I think a great he's also a great in-game manager I think he's one of the best ones in terms of like rah-rah speeches or a guy that's gonna have your back um he's also a very knowledgeable guy as well so um and he's gonna fight for every inch in the same way that I think San Levine fights for every inch I um if I had to look at both of their seasons in Koi and Sam, yep. I'm going to rate Koi a little bit higher than Sam hmm. based upon championship victories and defenses for Shazam, especially retaining the titles at Spectacular. Really, that victory for me solidified them. If, if not their win against Lightning Time, yeah, that one solidified it just because, okay, what are you going to say now? They did the digital era. They did in studio. They did live events. They, they did, did all. all the top contenders. They yeah. did it all in a season. <laughs> Think about yeah. that. They did uh, a digital defense, right? Yeah. A in person, in studio defense and Corruption. a live defense. Yeah. Corruption, lightning timer in studio, spectacular defense. Um, did they, they, did they defend the title digitally? They, they, well, they won it back from Shazam. Or from Odd Couple. From Odd Couple. Otter Couple. Otter Couple with Jeff yeah. and Janine. Which, by the way, Janine played lights out, so it's not like one of these matches of like, oh, well, they played uh, you know um, a weakened Odd Couple. No, no, no. I think they faced as good of an Odd Couple team or showing that, that Mark and Jeff ever had, if not even better. So the fact that Shazam had to go up against that, which was an interesting situation for, sh- for sure. Um, but, yes, they won it back in digital. They defended it in studio. They defended it definitively in studio against Lightning Time and then defended it in a live event at Spectacular on the biggest stage uh, with one of the hottest rookies this game has ever seen uh, with King Arthur, with Griffin Nooms, and, and King Khan. So, yeah, they did it all. Koi was there for every step of the way. And um, it's it's a really incredible title runs that he had with Shazam and Andrew DiMolante. I mean, to... To take down Alex Damon twice, to defend mm-hmm. it, you know, to win it and then defend it, um, very in kind of somewhat of unprecedented formation or evolution of the Star Wars division. Yeah, you can't say enough about some of the good things, great things that Coy did. Not to mention Josh Horowitz drafted, and he paired him with Perry, and they won or they got to the finals of a, the second team's tournament. I mean, that's also another um, massive, you know, feather in his cap. The press room took down Danger Zone, right? Dan Merle and Ben Bateman. Josh Horowitz, a rookie. Perry Nemiroff, who's nice. been around the game. Um, but, you know, look, she's not one. Of, she's not a world beater, but she can provide the upsets. She has the knowledge in there. Um, you know, she upset Kalinowski last year. She, ne- you know, she nearly did it against Ben Bateman. But she comes in with Josh Horowitz. Koi found that they work really well together, and... They got to a tournament final when I don't think anybody really, including myself, probably thought they could get there, especially with being on the same side as Danger Zone. Wow, man. When you really lay it out like that. But no, and we're not talking about who had the best team. We're not talking about who had the best uh, roster. We're talking about who was the manager of the year. Yeah. So, okay, we're coming up here on 45 minutes. And we haven't, either one of us haven't selected our manager of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So who are you picking? I'll tell you who I have. Well, I want to see in the chat too. In the chat, right in the live chat right now. Right now. Who's your manager of the year? I'm not going to tell you it's one or the other. Just who do you think uh, of the eight managers we had this year? Who do you think it is? It's probably between a mixture of of the two that we've been talking about a lot and three or four uh, with San Levine or Coy or Kaiser. Um, Real quick, um, before we reveal their answers, Tim Sim did have a super chat. That's right. That disappeared. Super uh, But it said, I think, really the debate should be between Tom Dagnino and the Barbarian is what his Which said. is, look, thank you for the super chat. Um, here it is. There it is. Honestly, the real debate is this. Tom Dagnino or the Barbarian for Manager of the Year? I want to know, did he sell any copies of the dossier at, at the expo? I know they were there. I don't, you know. They were there. They were there. Um, look, what I want to say about this Dagnino Barbarian thing is, um, 
it's it's kind of silly to me. I mean, it's like, what? So it's it's Dagnino, right? Barbarian's not going to be on the ballot. He's <laughs> just not. Um, it's a fun it's a fun little discussion debate to have, um, because because Barbarian put together the dossier does not make you a manager. Does not make mm-hmm. you a manager mm-hmm. because you put together it makes you a researcher. <laughs> That's what it means. Makes you an assistant. Um, Dagnino had to pull the trigger on all those decisions. He had final say and everything. And and we saw Barbarian in here earlier, giving his support fully to Dagnino. Um, so there you go. Um, but still, nonetheless, it was. I think it was a fun little discourse that the community had with that. But it, come on, guys, <laughs> it's, it's Dagnino's the manager. Give him more credit than 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 I think he deserves more credit than people want to give him. I, I agree, and I'm I'm looking right now. Um, I'm seeing where people voted for. So we have Gucci, Koi, Shannon, Gucci, Koi, Gucci, uh, Gucci, Shannon, 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 Gucci, Gucci, Barbarian, Kate, Shannon. Yeah, it's Gucci. Tom Daniels is the manager of the year. I'm I'm gonna vote Shannon. I'm gonna vote oh, Shannon. Back to back titles. Marisol went seven what? and zero. I mean, she she accomplished. If if hit, if, yeah. if Tom finished second or third last year, he finished right? fourth. He finished fourth. He finished fourth. But he, he finished second or third last year, and he he finished second again this year. Like, ah, well, you know what? He, he was on par, but he exceeded so much of my expectations. He was one win away. He was a but question away. But see, so to that to that argument, it's like. He set like he he more or less set his bar so low that like no no yeah, not true he really not did. true he, he, not true his entire he was able to do blew it. up he was able he to has... do it with a brand new squad with a brand new squad that didn't have Dan Merle that didn't have Ben Bateman that didn't have Mark Riley it wouldn't he take was a able whole to lot. go out there and get second place and was one win away from winning the championship how does that not get you and he was able to draft the most dynamic rookie of all time you know what he gets you you know what he gets you Brad. It gets you Second faction place. of the year. It gets you faction of the year. To me, top to bottom, I think, yes, Woo! Dagnino did a lot with everyone in his faction and each contributed, especially on the entertainment level. <laughs> uh, tons of characters. You yes. know? I was talking about this earlier. When you have Brother Lomas, uh, Radis, you got um, Griffey Nooms, obviously, and King Khan, and Ty Lieberman, Barbarian, JTE, Roca, right? Um, Taylor Robinson popped in as manager a couple times, right? Um, Kim Taylor Foster in the free for all, you know, showed out. So, is there anybody I'm leaving out of there? I don't know, but yeah, you're leaving out the macho man. Oh, yeah. oh god, <laughs> dear god. Um, so I think from top to bottom, the faction operated really, really well. And yeah, you might say, well, sounds like a pretty good manager, but at the end of the day, I think. What Shannon was able to accomplish with these undefeated runs and in interjecting with Mike, undefeated runs with Marisol uh, in singles and, and and accomplishing history um, numerous times with both of those players, um, incredible. And she did it without uh, yeah. without Adam Collins, who was everyone was like, "This dude's unbeatable. Like he's gonna probably be champ for a long time." And he was and she was able to do it with a different player and run the gambit and the next the very next year and and to be it, it just it's really impressive to me also Dagnino and company very impressive to me but i want to give shannon manager of the year right. and faction of the year to the finsack exchange because also i think it does pay um some respects to what barbarian did and everybody else in that faction you know so i think that's the way i look at it that's the way i am looking at it and i know other people I, out there. i hear what you're saying and, yeah, and, yeah. and look you can be you can be right you can be wrong it's all based on opinion but the one thing that's actually tripping me up here in the in the chat from a few people eric was one of them and, and ronnie mm-hmm. and um um yeah those two in particular they're, they're saying they're saying man hey if you don't have belts then you had yeah. a, then you lost I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, that's that's an I interesting. I don't agree with that at all. That's an interesting point of contention because it's like, all right, 
Are you saying Dag? And then, so, and then, so the, say, and then, then Brian says, "Well, he was in no title matches except spectacular." Oh, you mean the biggest event of the year? He was in two of them. Yeah, <laughs> he's in on, half. He's in half the title matches at spectacular. Come on, so put some respect on this man's name. And so here's the interesting kind of uh, dichotomy of conversation in terms of right. We were talking about last week, Rookie of the Year. Harper right. has a belt. Griffin Newman doesn't have a belt. Right. People are leaning, oh, Harper's got the belt. Game over. That's end of end of conversation. He has the belt. If people are voting now for Dagnino as manager of the year and they have no belts, rectify that for me. Rectify, rectify. that for me. Rectify. Rectify that for me. And you're telling me he's yeah. manager of the year, but they got no belts. And they're saying, oh, well, you know, all the players, they had incredible runs. You know, they had Griffin Newman, the most prolific rookie. Yeah. All those arguments – Especially when in regards to Griffin Newman as Rookie of the Year, come on, like make it make sense, make it make sense. Look, hold on, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to go back to this. I just want to go back to this. So, Coach of the Year, right in the NBA. Okay, get this. Last year it was Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. They were forty-one and thirty-one. Do your job. That's his thing. Yeah. They were forty-one and thirty-one. Right, he was the coach of the year though. The year before, Nick Nurse. Uh, I guess that was that the year that they won the title. No, they won the title. Yeah, that was the year they won the title. So okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Then before that, Mike Budenholzer from the Bucks. Right, Dwayne Casey, Mike D'Antoni. Um, all those none of those guys won the title the year that they were coach of the year. This, this, this is my point. This is my point. Tom Thibodeau had a forty-one and thirty-one record. He was one and four in the playoffs. But he was the coach of the year. He was the coach of the year. I'm just saying it doesn't always have to be sure. whoever wins the title. They don't have they don't have to finish with a championship to be the coach of the year, to be the best coach coaching that particular team. Because it's not only about who had the most wins or who had the most points, it's who coached the team of players that they had the best, who was able to make them work together the best, who was able to help them feed off one another, who was able to arrange them and put them in positions to be successful. Tom Dag Nino. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? It's <laughs> because wait, wait, last year I'm, I'm leaning, or last week I'm leaning more towards Griffin Newman, right, for Rookie of the Year. He has got no belts, right? And now you're. And now I'm for Shannon. <laughs> She's got two belts. <laughs> so make it make sense, Frank. Uh, make I it was, make sense. I was the opposite last week. I, I was on <laughs> Thomas you know, Harper so, for Rookie of the Year. It's all fun. You know, By the it's way, just, it's, that's funny. My, 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 my Thomas Harper tweet in that 24 oh, yeah. hours was yeah. sensational content. For social media. Oh, my God. I, I didn't hear from Harper, though. You didn't? I thought he did. Did he quote tweet you or? I didn't see it. Okay, well. If he did. If he did, I didn't see it. But I was driving seven hours to Hot Springs. Okay. So I might have missed one or two things. Um, I vote Dagnino. You vote Shannon. Yeah. The chats, it seems to be Shannon, Coy, or Dagnino. It seems to be the, the top three, at least, in contention. Um, also, I mean, uh, real quick too, Sam Levine though, man, he deserves so much credit, right? But, I mean, but <clears throat> he does, yes. And yeah, he's he's probably not going to win Manager of the Year, but man, I mean, title matches in each division, each, and he got the spectacular with Nikki DiMolanta, a rookie, right? He had to pick between Marie Wilson, a rookie, and Nikki DiMolanta. Amaru, he took a note. That's another rookie he took to yeah a title to a match. title, yeah, and and. Amaru had Kalinowski on the ropes. I mean, he had him dead to a rights. Jones, D Jones. <sighs> I mean, incredible, right? And then lightning time, and you have you know Ethan Irwin in singles. So I mean, two rookies to title matches. You had veteran and Ethan Irwin playing singles and teams along with Lishan Miller, uh, for, who was our first time making it to a title match along with Amaru and Nikki. So um, just top. And then yeah, Brian Osmond. Page taking down Bateman, right? Page for another Betty great, for Rookie of the another Year. Another great rookie. Page definitely should be nominated 100%. Betty. Um, the so Boston badass. Just really good stuff from Sam Levine and the usual suspects. Yeah. Um, didn't quite, you know, if, if Drew McWeeney has a little bit better of a year, maybe gets on a run, you know. A little bit better. Or if they win, you know, they win another title over there in the suspects, you know. All these what could have showed us, sure. But um, that's all to say they had a really good year over there, and um, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch the suspects this year for sure. It it was a fun season. It was a fun season. I hope. Here's the thing though: 
when people look back at the 2021 Schmodown season, season eight, and you say, what's the one thing you remember from the season? You know what people are going to say? They're going to say the do- they're going to say the dossier. I mean, it's one of them, but I, I'm going to remember Marisol McKee. Yeah, this is the season of Marisol for sure. I mean, but it, it, absolutely, it, the season belongs to her. If she isn't Singles Player of the Year and Overall Player of the Year, uh, I will renounce my voting rights. That's that's another interesting debate that I think we're going to have next week. Yeah, is next week our last show of the 2021 year? Yeah, is that how that falls? Yeah, because that's going to be the 20th, the 30th, right? Be the 30th. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think we'll talk about. You want to skip single? We'll do overall, right? Overall. There. Well, because, like, also, I guess, on a little tiny announcement in case people haven't heard, in terms of, of the award show, I don't know if you saw this. This was, this was tweeted out earlier today by Christian. Uh, we're not going to be having an in person award show due to the nature of the world. Um, and instead, it will be, it'll be a studio shot type of. Um, event award event where you know we'll announce the winners the polls will be coming out um probably in the next couple of weeks i would imagine because i think we were uh, the aim was for late january to um hand out the awards so we will see what the nominees are and all that and all the categories and stuff like what, that so it's in studio though some sort of it'll be an in-studio presentation oh, um but not how, the how exactly that's that's put on i would imagine i think Going back to like the the first award season we had, where I think right it was all in the Collider Studio. Yeah, yes, I think it might probably look something like that. Um, I don't know if we're gonna have speeches from people or whatnot, and I know that's a whole production side thing. I'm sure they're figuring out, but there will be no in person event, award event, which kind of sucks. But look, better to be safe than sorry. Look, I'm gonna make JMB's wish come true next week. I am I'm waiting. For Brad to do one of these shows in the full macho man outfit, huh? I can't the bandana, the ski goggles, the hot pink thing. No, no. Oh, here's yeah. that will only happen if we get like five hundred dollars in super chat. Okay, okay. Like whenever it has to, it has to happen on one show, not spread hey. across. No, can we do? Can we do something if like look, one show? Five, if we get to five hundred. Because look, I, I have will... to sit through that entire show. <laughs> like, it needs to be worth it, people. I know it's like, it needs to be worth it. Well, let me tell you something, brother. All right, the macho man. I'm gonna get into character right now. Okay, this is this is what I wanted. This is what I want to tell everybody out there. This is what we'll do for five hundred dollars. For $500, uh the Macho Man Randy Savage will make his debut Uh, uh on the Schmodown Rundown. I'm going to do the entire show. I'm going to kick out the boat. But for $500, I just can't. Wait, 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 wait. Frank, Janish, I've heard about you. Brad Brad has talked about you a lot. uh uh He doesn't have kind things to say about you. uh He's a great guy on camera, but off camera, it's another story. Oh, yeah. uh But this is what I ask for you. If we get to $500 in Super Chats next week, the first show of 2021, (laughs) I will be the much. I mean, 2022, I will be the macho man. But you will have to eat. The hot chip of death every 30 minutes. What? Yeah, what? No. <laughs> what? And it's going to be a three-hour broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say you start off. No. With the chip. That would no. be your that be your crutch for the episode. That's not a crutch. A crutch just about- helps you. A crutch is <laughs> it helps you. That's 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 debilitating is what that is. I I, I like the idea. I like the idea. You know what I mean? I, well, what character do you do? Can you do a character? What no. can we do? What can we do? Uh, Let's think about it. I'll think about it, and then you you know, do? maybe I'll Who debut you next week on this show. I'll get I'll get one together. Yeah. Always expect the unexpected, yo. Um, but Frank. Yeah. It was great. It was a great show. This is my Santa hat, by the way, this year. That's your Santa hat. Okay. Roll time. That is not Salvador. Trust me, I can keep this up for an hour. You know why? I just got to watch Spider-Man a couple times. Or I got you for three minutes. <laughs> My bone saw is ready. Oh, boy. All right. Anyway. Um, Frank, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. You too. 
and everyone the best out there. To, to my mother, to, to my mother. Give the best to my mother and to I, yours. I, you know what? I give the best to your mother, Brett. My mom actually told you happy Merry Christmas, I mean. Oh. She told me. Well, Merry I had Christmas, Mrs. Mrs. and Mr. Gilmore. Oh, look look at that. And, and, and Merry and a holly jolly Christmas to you, too, Frank Janish. Look at that. And, and all of yours, your sisters, your mother, the whole the whole Janish clan. Thank you. Uh, we wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. I'm going to go watch Hustlers. And I'm going to sl- go to sleep after that. All right. So, anyway. See you, man. This is the Schmodown Rundown, by the way, guys. This is the only show that matters. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That wasn't bad. Right? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What if okay. me, you, and Kevin Smets no, all no. Macho Man for the whole What do you show? think this... Never mind. I can't say spoilers. Oh. Well, okay. All right. Well, we ran out of music, so I guess we This is the only go. show that matters. This is Shmoda Rundown, <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Super Chat. Give us... Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.